Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone and welcome to the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. I'm your host Jess and I am so excited to tell you all about my favourite podcasts every Tuesday, starting with tonight, episode number one covering the Froth Podcast with Rod Gilbert, Sean Haddies and friends. The Froth is hosted by UK comedian Rod Gilbert and his comedy writer wife Sean Haddies. Her projects have included things like Man, Man Down, which is also by Greg Davies, and Rod has worked on many shows such as Taskmaster, 8010 Cats, and his latest Comedy Central show, Lemon Pains. Both hosts are actually hilarious, and a bonus is that they both have the most gorgeous, strong Welsh accents. I love a really authentic accent. I find it makes them a lot more relatable, and from that I feel more involved in the conversation rather than just talked at. If you are into your UK comedy, I'm sure you will have heard these two before. And the guests are also really big names on the circuit every week. The guests on this particular episode, Barry Castagnola, he's also the show producer. So he's actually a special guest every week. And then there's also James Acaster. He is so funny. He's my all-time favourite comedian. He's known for a lot of shows like Mock the Week. And he also does the same Taskmaster series as Rod. If you haven't watched that Taskmaster before, I would 100% recommend starting with Series 7. It doesn't really matter where you start because the show has a new cast every series anyway. But the Series 7 cast with Rod and James is so hilarious. I literally cry laughing every time I watch it. And when I say every time, it's literally been more than 10 times. So definitely go and check that out. And with this episode of The Froth, there's also like a 20-ish minute YouTube clip where they just exclusively talk about their time on Taskmaster together. So if you do watch their series, watch this video afterwards, because it's got some really fun and interesting insider knowledge that I especially loved. So onto the show's premise. It's essentially, it's very loose. It's more of a general conversation, which I enjoy. Like I say, it makes you feel quite at ease. You don't really have to concentrate as much as you would with maybe like a documentary. Um, But they do have... A loose structure, as I say, there's two to three news articles that Rod finds weekly, um, online in the newspaper on the TV, and they sort of epitomise the meaning behind a slow news day. Um, so he reads these to the rest of the guests, and each one of the stories they have sort of a comedic commentary around, and then their own linkable stories, and the idea and goal of the show is for the guests to decide the frothiest of the stories which by their definition is the one that wastes your time the most or their time. So the fact that there is this loose structure, I think especially suits Rod because his personality, I feel I can relate to quite a bit. He's very fun, but he's quite hectic. And I feel that he needs, like, his head's always in 10 different places at once. So he needs that like loose structure. A bit like me, if he got left to his own devices, he'd probably be going off on tangents, down rabbit holes and the structure of the show sort of 
keep some reins in. Um, a type of like chacha wouldn't really suit him. I don't think he would need something like this. Um, so on that note, please stick with me while I try and nail down and perfect my structure and stay on track for this show. Uh, I'll try to go on less adventures around the world to get to any point, which is to recap and review podcasts to help you find your new show. So let's get started. This episode is on The Froth, episode 39, titled Pandas Can't Be Bothered to Shag Anymore. Which, thinking about it, might not be the best title to start my podcast on, but let's do it. What we do is I will uh, offer up to you for your delectation three frothy stories. At the end of it, you choose which one was the biggest waste of time. And all waste of time, just which is the biggest. So the first story, um, the clues in the title for this one, it's about pandas. So... A study that Rod tells us about has found um, experts are fearing that pandas being in captivity may be endangering the species even further than it already is um, due to pandas being too comfortable. But obviously, they've got it really nice and cushy in captivity. They're not being the really cute animals. They get all the attention, all the love. I don't know if you've ever seen them really cute videos of when, like, zookeepers go into the panda enclosures to like clean up and the pandas are so clingy they just want to hug them and play with them it's adorable but they've got like lovely enclosures sean mentions that they've got like play areas little swings and rob mentions that they're constantly getting all the bamboo they could want they've got it way better than they've got it in the wild they haven't got to go and find a mate everything and everyone that they're ever going to come across they're already surrounded by and live with in a relatively small enclosure in comparison to the wild. So it's not necessarily a shock. Um, it is funny how Sean suggests breaking the swing in the enclosure might help. I don't know that every panther enclosure even has a swing, but I, I mean, it's so sad, the idea of... The little panda's just watching as the swing's destroyed. <laughs> so you can't do that. You can't punish them fair there when, I suppose, maybe to a lot of people it's cruel anyway to have them in captivity. So, and the idea of captivity, I think, is to conserve species. So in reality, it's not doing the job of conserving the species and helping it come out of endangerment if they're not actually recreating procreating um little baby pandas but also the pandas might just not want to have little babies they might be totally happy with the life that they've got child free living the best life so they all agree this story isn't that frothy really even rod says that as he's reading it to them it's quite a i think it's quite interesting James says he's definitely going to go and tell people in his personal life. I've definitely brought it up even just to, like, relatives that I live with or to my boyfriend just mentioned it in passing conversation while we're watching telly at night with nothing else to talk about. I think it is obviously concerning for the future of the species. And, yeah, that's definitely not a contender for Frothy Story of the Week. I think that's quite interesting for sure I don't, I don't know, know. having too much of a good time 
on the swings, <laughs> on the for example, swing. as Sean yeah. said. And then and the other one's like, fancy a shag? But Sean's to be a fine thing. This swing is so good. <laughs> So the second frothy story of the week from Rod isn't necessarily a story, it's more a picture that he's found, um, maybe like on Instagram or Twitter, of a flat layout in, I think he said it was in London, but he might not have actually said the location, um, that apparently have genuinely been on the market. It was a kitchen with a hole in the floor that was a toilet. Now, I thought stuff like this was just, you know, them, you know, when you hear about these things, like it's always the big cities like London, New York, Sydney, San Francisco, you know, the big places where rent extortion are for the smallest little apartments. But I didn't think it was like, it was like one of them urban myths that you hear. Well, apparently not because I Googled it. I couldn't find the picture Rod was talking about, but I did find another one that was equally as awful. I will put this one on the Instagram. Um, this was also advertised on Zoopla for London. Um, if you don't know what Zoopla is, it it's like a property website where you can look for a property to rent and buy. Um, in the UK, so this one is it's sort of so it's one room, it's a studio. It's got a huge window. In in a normal sized house, it would probably be a lovely room with some gorgeous natural light. In front of the window is a loft bed, kind of like the kind you might have when you're a kid with like a desk underneath, so you have more space on the floor of your room. Um, and the bed's like elevated, like a bunk bed, but no bed underneath, just on top. Um, it's got an awful ladder attached kind of looks like something you might make at woodwork in school for a GCSE um qualification then underneath the bed where like the desk area would be if it was one of those beds is like a washing machine with a sink over it and sort of half of it sections off a little bit like you know, when you have um desk walls in an office that go, like, part way up. If you stood up, you'd definitely be able to see, like, waist up, I imagine. So what I'm picturing is behind there is probably, like, a toilet. And then sort of out of shot, you can see, like, a sofa facing it. It's dreadful. I, like, I'm mortified that anyone would have to live in something like that. And I imagine the rent's probably the same as a mortgage on a modest-sized house in the north. And obviously that's awful that property can be such different prices um, in different parts of the same country. I mean, I don't actually know how much that is. It might not be that expensive, but it's in London, so I imagine it would be. Um, So when they're talking about this, they obviously talk about other DIY files that they've heard about and stuff. Rod tells a story about when he built a bathroom um, off a dining room in his house in Cardiff that you could hear what was happening in the bathroom from the dining room, which wasn't, I imagine, amazing for dinner parties or having guests around. Um, How Roddick like, describes this bathroom kitchen situation is kind of like a French campsite. I've never been to a French campsite, but I have heard what he's talking about, so he's saying it's like, you know, like, like is is the word a trough like a 
like a hole, literally a hole in the floor, like maybe a plank of wood over it for you to like steady yourself on while you go to the toilet in the hole below. It's obviously quite gross, but it's, it would be normal for like camping and stuff, not for your kitchen. That's completely unsanitary. And if it possibly passed building regs, it can't be legitimately, obviously, because just on like the basics, it's unsanitary, but it's, it's also insane. So the weirder thing is when I heard this, I was thinking about a story someone told me when I was younger. So someone told me, and it's another one of them, like, urban myths, I think. Somebody told me that in Dubai Airport, they had toilets like that, like the French campsite. And it was, like, awful. I've since been to Dubai Airport. It was luxurious. It was nicer than some places I've been on actual holiday. It was lovely, and the toilets definitely weren't holes in the floor. That was a sidetrack, but I just thought it was relevant because I definitely got told that by someone. And I don't know where that lie will come from because it's definitely not the case at all. So in the next part of the podcast, they sort of segue away from the structure and do a segment that they sometimes have. It's not a frequent segment, but it's like an occasional one comes up every now and again. It's just a bit of fun. It's called The Hotel and they basically just read reviews from this awful hotel they obviously don't name it um that they were meant to that the hosts rod and sean were meant to stay in so it was like an airport hotel by what it sounds like from what they're talking about um one of the ones where you know when you go somewhere maybe to an airport further away from where you live it's more convenient than getting a taxi um to stay in a hotel there the night before so i think it's one of those hotels um what happened, I don't really know the full story or where they even ended up staying that night. All they really tell us is that they went to a pub, ended up staying there all night, just absolutely pissing themselves, laughing at reviews that they were reading of the hotel that they were supposed to be in. They don't really explain where they ended up staying that night, but they do say they didn't end up going. Um, and reading the reviews was making them feel better about the decision not to actually go to the hotel they paid to stay in. So, with this being a review show, obviously I thought this is a great segment to actually be featuring in the first podcast we're covering. They're also talking about reviews. So, some of the reviews were basic ones. They were just like, wall was rattling uh, when people were doing whatever they were doing in the next room. The beds were like torture. There was no mirrors in the rooms. The food was awful. Um, but one that they tell us about was where someone has arrived at the hotel and it's closed. There's no staff. There was security guards, which probably goes to show you what type of hotel it is that it needs security guards. Um, it's not like it's in the centre of a, a town where there might be drunk people everywhere. It's it's an airport hotel. Uh, so it's a weird place to have security guards anyway. Then there was some gardening staff that ended up telling the guests who were trying to check in that all bookings had been moved to another hotel 15 miles away. So it's actually no convenience. It's not near the airport, which is why you booked to stay there. And no one had told them or was there to redirect them, only that they bumped into the gardening staff. So that's an awful review, obviously. Um. 
so yeah, it's just a bit of fun that they do every now and again. It's great because I love the way Rod says review. I'm not going to try and do it, but if you know what I mean, the South Welsh accent's very Gavin and Stacey-esque. Um, it's so good the way he says it. I love it. Um, so, James actually then suggests to them, wouldn't it be a good idea to do a live recording of the podcast from my hotel? So we do discuss actually doing that at some point. I really hope they do. That'd be hilarious. It'd also be good if they'd done like a video recording, which I'm sure they would. So they do a lot of um like YouTube clips to do with the podcast. So it'd be cool to see what it actually is like and if it lives up to the reviews being so dreadful. But also, how is it still open? Because Rod does mention that there's like hundreds or maybe even says thousands of reviews that they are dreadfully slamming this hotel. So how it's maintaining business and surviving. Maybe it's the only hotel near this airport, so you're not really given much choice, but I definitely wouldn't say it if I read these reviews. Anyway, I thought this is so much fun. I love hearing funny, bad reviews. There's a podcast that actually does that exclusively. I'm going to cover it at some point because it's so funny. But I thought, why would you? I'll Google some bad hotel reviews and read some myself. One star. Do not stay in this absolute dump of a hotel. And I use the term hotel very loosely. I cannot convey strongly enough how disgusting this place is. Bloodstained headboards that have clearly been up since the World War. The first one. Rude staff. Windows that won't close. No hot water. Broken furniture. Dirty utensils. Broken life fixings. And an actual poo in the kettle. Pretty sure I'm going to end up with some sort of rash disease due to sanitation conditions. In summary, this place is a complete hole. Sorry, what? Poo. In the kettle. I am mortified. I don't really drink hot drinks in hotel rooms anyway, but I've definitely been with people who have made tea or coffee. If this is a common occurrence and people know about this, can someone tell me? Because that is absolutely unacceptable. What what would possess you? What would have to come over you to think that's a good or in any shape or form acceptable way to behave? I am concerned for people, honestly. That has traumatised me. So I am just going to move on to the next frothy story. Who's having sex there? Good night. A couple of pandas being put in non, non-ideal conditions. Let's get them in the worst hotel room we can possibly find and maybe they'll shag. The third and final frothy story of the episode is about vending machines selling sausages taking over um structurally weak rural areas areas of Germany. Well, they're not taking over, they're not like starting a revolution or an uprising. They're becoming very popular alternatives to travelling 
an extremely long way to to a food shop. So, I mean, it's not the most insane story, but I did Google the picture of it, and it, it is quite gross. Um, Rod asks, like, how they're prepared, and it does look like the, the type of sausages that you can eat raw, you know, like pastrami and pepperoni. I'm not sure if they're the same thing. Um, but they're sort of like, they look like they're vacuum packed. It it doesn't look very appealing. Um, the machines are also selling like eggs, bread, milk, um, everything you can get really from like a convenience shop. But then I'm sure if like that many people live in the area for them to bother restocking it, they could probably just have a shop that gets restocked. Um seems as logical and probably better for the structurally weak economy but what do I know so when they were talking about this it made me think of like weird vendor machines that I've seen and I really was thinking about this time I was in the Republic of Ireland um I was in County Clare and the pub that I was in was sort of like a social club and in the smoking area out the back, I was standing with my friend. The area's so small. It's like like the size of a bedroom, an average bedroom. It's not big at all. And there was about 35 people standing in the smoking area. And in that area was a vending machine dispensing pizzas. Now, over the years, I've told everyone about this because I thought that was like the most amazing thing I've I've traveled quite a bit I've been very lucky to travel and that's one of my favorite things I've ever seen it blew my mind but it made so much sense we were in the middle of nowhere and this vending machine was selling pizzas to drunk people in a smoking area that's where all great ideas start and I was blown away anyway I didn't actually get one but I've told everyone about them I was obsessed by them now I think back like a few years later, I'm a little bit older, maybe it's like post-pandemic, germ-free life. But that is absolutely disgusting. How was it getting cooked? Why was it in the smoking area? Lots of questions. It's not there anymore because I did recently go back over um, to visit my best friend who lives there and went to the same like social club. It's not there. It's just a smoking area now for not but vile smoking. However, what the hell? A pizza vending machine. I did Google these. I've got a picture. I'm going to put it on the Instagram. They're, they're a thing. They're popular in places. I don't know how I feel about eating food that's coming out of that machine. How long has it been there? No, not into it. So off the back of this, Rod brings up... um vendor machines in Japan I wasn't aware that this was like such a big thing but after like looking it up myself it seems that Japan have insane I don't know why I just said Japan like that Japan um <laughs> Japan have insane vendor machines some of them sell like ties some of them sell full-on floral arrangements like big bouquets that you get from a fancy florist and there was one that sells wigs for small dogs. Why? I mean, I love that. I'm all for it. But 
in what circumstance would you ever be needing? Where's that vending machine located? I imagine it has to be in a pet store. But why would you ever need that vending machine? Like, a vending machine's for quick convenience when you can't, like, go to a shop, isn't it? Like, if you need a drink at work and the canteen's closed, there's a vending machine with, like, cans of Diet Coke in. That, I've never, like, walked past the vending machine and thought, oh, amazing, that is exactly what I needed at three in the afternoon. A dog wig. I mean, love it, definitely want to see it, but that's quite insane. However, it's not all cute things. Rob mentions that there's vendor machines that's oh no sorry Rod doesn't mention it Rod's never heard of this I think James or Barry bring up that there's vendor machines that sell used women's underwear in Japan which is disgusting there's no purpose or need for it that I can imagine I'm not here to kink shame anyone but there's never a time that you're going to need to buy that that's disgusting and you're probably being fraud like absolutely add off because they're probably brand new. They've never been worn. They've been made to look like they've been worn. And it's disgusting. What you need them for? Come on. Anyway. That Rod in this moment uses another word for underwear. It's hilarious, but it is disgusting. And I'm not going to say the word because everyone else is revolted by it, as am I. So I'm just going to insert a little soundbite here. Heard of, I've heard of uh, mail order online uh, women's used panties, yeah, but not uh, not not in a vending machine. Yeah, no. In yeah, the taskmaster used the word panties, and everyone was absolutely <laughs> disgusted by it. But here you are, still still using it now. Sorry, Rod. That is just one of them words that gives me the ick. Anyway, in this segment, when talking about Germany, these discussive anyone on the show that day he's ever been to Germany and James says that he has he's been to a place I don't know if I'm going to say this right I think it's Lunchstein um which the reason he went there is because it's the twin city of his hometown Ketteren um in the UK so on the topic they ask him if they think if he thinks that there's anything to make them suitable as twin towns um as in, do they have anything in common? And James says, yeah, there, there isn't really much going on in either place. A little bit more going on in the German town, but then neither are, like, exceptionally exciting. So I thought on that topic, I'd just have a little look at other twin towns and see if they did pair up well. So I looked up Liverpool first, where I'm from, and the twin town is Dublin in Ireland, which makes sense. A lot of similarities, a lot of connections between the two cities um so that wasn't a surprise to me there was some funny ones like a place called Dull in Scotland and a place called Boron in Oregon in the US which that's quite funny one's called Dull one's called Boron um I haven't learned much about the places so I imagine they are clue and title names um, don't hate me if you're from there. Let me know if it's fun. Maybe I could visit. Um, but the most weird one that I came across was Swindon in the UK is twin towns or sister cities with Walt Disney World. 
what? So I googled it and it turns out it was a competition, um, some sort of like advertising gimmick for Walt Disney World, um, where different towns in the UK could bid to be Twin Cities with them and Swindon won. Um, I've never been to Swindon, so I can't really pass judgment on why, but I've never heard much about Swindon being similar to Disney because I may well have then visited. Um, but yeah, I don't know. If you're from Swindon, let me know why it makes a good Twin City for Walt Disney World or if it's the most irrelevant parent ever and they've got nothing in common. So to wrap up this week's episode of The Froth, they decided that the frothiest story was that of the vending machines in Germany. I actually think it should have been the hole in the floor in the kitchen because I was just more interested in the other two stories. But I suppose that should be newsworthy. We should be talking more about buildings that just have holes in floors as toilets because no one should have to live like that. Anyway, I will give the froth a four on the scale, which is absolutely recommend. Go and listen to it now. It comes out in seasons, 12 episodes per season. You can listen all the way up to the end of season four now and season five I'm sure will be out soon because there's not normally a massive gap in between their seasons. So yeah, that's all for the froth. Go listen now. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream. And I hope you stick with me while I perfect this show. And maybe I'll see you next week on the Tuesday Night Podcast Club. Bye.